Damn, nail. You're tuned in to We'll Be Right Black Podcast. I'm Nina. And it's your boy, Frankie. We'll be having fun conversations, diving into the latest social media debates, trending topics, relationships, sports, faith, and whatever else comes up. So kick back and take a listen. And you can join us in the discussion by following us at WBR Black on Instagram and Twitter. And also find us on Facebook at We'll Be Right Black. Hey, what's up? You're tuned in to We'll Be Right Black. This is Nina. And this is your boy, Harold Franklin Ward III. <laughs> Decided to give him the whole what government today. Do. I'm trying to I'm still trying to workshop my intro. I ain't I haven't quite figured it out yet, but we got time. It's fine. We're gonna figure something out. What's going on, baby? I got my truly on my right. I'm feeling good. <sighs> you don't think I can sing? I'm really gonna take these music lessons because I really wanna be able to sing. I love you. I do. Okay. So when you look me in my eyes and know that this is coming from a place of love. Okay. You can't sing or rap. Give it up, lady. I know. That's why I want to take the lessons. I'll pray over that for you. Okay. I appreciate it. Because I think that might be the truly talking. What you drinking today? What? Yeah. What What we drinking today? Well, we can't drink anything else besides truly. So this, but this is our last week of keto. Last week. So I've been on it, it for about it three months. Lost, I don't know, 20 plus pounds. All right, babe. Where's the applause? Yeah, we're new soundboard. Come on, you got to be on it, baby. See, this is why I got to be on oh, You got to be quicker than that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, last week, so I can finally retire these Trulies, these hard seltzer drinks I'm tired of. Uh, but right now I got watermelon, cucumber, margarita. And I have the strawberry hibiscus margarita. And it just all tastes like flavored seltzer. I don't know. But, um. We drinking some real stuff <clears throat> next week. I can tell you that. Yep, because guess what next week is? What? It's our anniversary. Yeah. Oh, do our sound, our soundboard can take music? We, why haven't we had this cute? We should have had this ready. We should have We should have figured we out. We got to do better. That. So, yeah, uh. Some people don't know. Uh, we got married on Memorial Day. Uh, we are rebels. May 28th. Feel free to hit our cash app. Uh, no, but for real. So, and that was how, how many years we been? Quick pop quiz. It's going to be four years. All right. I was just testing because I didn't know. Shut so. up. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the answer It feels now. forever. It, no, it, looking forward to that. Um, we decided not to do a whole lot because we got this Miami trip coming up. That's right. We got a budget. So we yeah, we had to make some sacrifices. Unlike everybody else on social media, <laughs> we're okay admitting that we have a budget. Okay. For sure. And so uh we're just gonna do just a lot of drinking for our Okay. Stop. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. What's wrong? We're going to do a lot of drinking. Because we've been drinking these Trulies. This ain't real alcohol. This is this is like, it's a placebo. Get out of here. Like, they want you to think you're drinking alcohol, but it's just more you carbonated water. You said a water. lot of drinking. Like, we're going to be drinking the whole weekend. Okay, fair enough. A lot of drinking for us is not a lot because we've been on keto. So, right. it's not a lot. 
We're going to a couple of cocktail bars. A couple? In the same day, though. That's the that's the catch. <laughs> so, yeah, if you spread it out over the weekend, it don't sound like much. But when you cram it in a day, mm. it's a good day. We will drink responsibly. Of course. Oh, of course. But, uh, so I look forward to that. I do too, baby. It's been yeah. a long time. People normally don't hear me talking to you like that because I'm a thug. Girl. You know. Only... I ain't even going to acknowledge know, that. I'm you, not going to give him too much. You know, you know I love you. <laughs> if you don't get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> hey, gangster ass. I'm a thug. Right, right. Y'all know the truth. That's why she try to act hard, but sh- we know the truth. You be. What's the truth? So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot been going on in the my favorite place to scour the earth. For content, social media. The ghetto. Ain't nothing wrong with the ghetto. And so, as y'all already know, this is part, this is, it's already been a couple weeks at this point. So, as y'all already know about the, one of the biggest news in black culture was the passing of Kevin Samuel. Uh, for a lot of people who don't know who that is, um, that's a, he is a, I don't know what he considered himself a consultant, uh, advisor. I don't know. Um, but he was a very polarizing in the black community with his thoughts and opinions, particularly on women, though he gave advice. I don't know if you want to say that he talked about both men and women, but, uh, particularly the women, he had a lot of comments you staring at me like this is making me uncomfortable. Like I'm, I don't I, understand. Like you staring what I'm at doing. because I'm you, to you. I know, but you staring at me like I'm the one that made the comments. I, like I'm just like come on, like <laughs> I am actively just, listening. I, I know, but it's very intense. Like you haven't <laughs> stared at me this intensely this whole time. Okay, I'm sorry. But that's a reflection of kind of Kevin Samuels. He kind of uh It was a lot. Yeah, he kind of said a lot of things. A lot of people agree, disagree. I don't really want to dive into all the stuff that he didn't said and things like that. Because uh, it is a lot. If you don't know who he is, just kind of research him. Most people who listen to this probably already know who he is and everything that's going on with him. Uh, so yeah, but he uh, recently passed away, and that was very polarizing in the black community because there was a lot of rest in peace but then there was also a lot of and i'm sorry to say it uh good riddance that is just a lot for me listen i um did not take in a lot of kevin samuel's content i have heard about it i know it's shared it's been talked about we've done some things with some other people talking about some of his stuff um, but it's just not somebody that I was regularly listening to or watching and some of the clips that I have heard in the past I haven't completely agreed with I don't particularly like his approach and delivery yeah Um, it was a bit harsh to me and sometimes disrespectful the way he spoke to people yeah, it was a nonetheless, off. like I can disagree with you know things, I can not take in somebody's content and or dislike it, whatever. 
But it is just not okay to just disregard human life, which I think we have a problem mm-hmm. with. And I think that what we saw these past couple of weeks on social media is another example of that. It's just like sometimes we forget that we are all human, right? And like yeah. two wrongs don't make a right. Just because you don't respect me or my views or who I am as an individual doesn't mean I have to lower my character and wish death upon you. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with you on that. It was very uncomfortable experiencing like all the I don't know if celebration was too strong it's too strong of a word, but there was definitely some, you know, like I said, some good riddance and that was very uncomfortable. Um and so it became a big deal about, you know, is it ever a time where somebody passes away where it's do we only have to say, you know, I was just saying like you only have to say nice things when people pass away or do we keep it or is there a space to keep it 100 and Listen, after I, somebody passes? I am definitely not the type of person that agrees with acting like someone was a saint just mm-hmm. because they have passed away. I know people that have done that. Um, and, you know. It's like, oh, my grandma was an angel. Your grandma was a terror, okay? But you like, can't say that at the funeral, though, right? Stop. But you can't say that at the funeral. I that, understand. The funeral is the place where I feel like, like, however bad they were, on, you like, have to find something good and to say. Mean and surly. Stop it. Let's stop fronting, you know? So I, I, I understand not wanting to completely act like someone was something that they were not. Cool, we got that. But also... Sometimes it's okay just to not say anything. Bingo. Bing bong. Like, like, why do we feel like we have to comment on every single thing? And if I can just be honest, I think this has been one of my challenges with having a podcast because there's just certain things I just don't feel like I need to speak on. It's just like, why? Mm-hmm. I have a friend who has a podcast also, and it's just been a lot of stuff. Um currently in the media around topics that she covers on her podcast and she has been feeling the same way like I I don't want to feel this pressure to have to talk about every single thing that comes up and I just don't get it I don't get why people felt like they had to comment I don't understand why I don't get why people are so angry I mean because I mean he's like, if you don't like what that man was saying, why are you watching his content? Like, I did not like his delivery and approach and the way he um, went after views and things like that. I think it was all a gimmick. I don't like it at all. I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And I'm fine. Like, I'm going to keep my peace. Yeah. I'm not going to watch something just to get worked up. So I can go to social media and rant. There's enough going on in the world for me to be pissed about, okay? Mm-hmm. And upset mm-hmm. and angry and all of that. I don't need to add to it. Yeah. I I think a lot of women felt like they were keeping the same energy because he was very much like, I'm going to say what's on my mind and how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can take it or leave it or accept it, whatever, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Right. And a lot of people were like, well, this is what I got to say. And unfortunately, you know, while you were here, it was you didn't say a lot of glowing things about certain people. Yeah. Um, 
specifically women. Let's just say what we need. Yeah, to yeah, say. no, yeah, no, no, for sure. And so black women, <clears throat> for sure. And look, I look. Not that it matters, but I did agree with a lot of things that he said. But there was a some, lot. There was a lot. There's yes. There's a lot of things he talked about about standards. He his biggest demographic target was like modern women with certain expectations and that there's a line between expectations and sometimes delusion. And a lot of that is because of how social media is. And I don't want to dive into all his philosophies and stuff. Yeah. But we're going to be here for a while. Right. But there is, but there is some, there is a lot of truth to what he talks about in terms of there is, social media and a lot of other stuff has set unrealistic expectations you know what my grandparents and my mother used to tell me growing up what's that it's not always what you say it's how you say it and that's where my line was with them and and he understood and he talked about this in the interview he understood that he needed to he was boring in the beginning and so he did he made a conscious effort to change his approach to be more likes and views. That's what I'm saying. Correct. People do. That's what I'm saying. I don't like how attention seeking social media has made people. And so Mm -hmm. it's, I don't like the way it brings people out of their character for likes and views. It's disturbing to me. Yeah. And And it's hard to blame the people themselves because. No, it's easy for me to blame them. I understand that. But I understand if people's trying to make a career or be successful at something, they need to stand out. And people respond to that because nobody was really responding to him when he was doing it the way he was doing it previously. I think you he may blew have to, up. You make a conscious effort to do something outside of your character. You should blame it, other people. But for do that. we know it's outside his character though? Maybe it's not. But I'm just saying, don't blame you wanting to have likes and views on other people. No, because you could have just left it alone and walked away. I understand, but I also understand if that's if you're gonna make this your career, do what you got to do to make it work, and you just got to eat the consequences of whatever that brings. And and this is this is the kind of the consequence. And so, so on that, there was as part of the reaction of his passing, uh, a particular clip went viral. I don't know, some of y'all may have heard of Pastor, is it Jamal Bryant? Yes. I haven't heard of him prior to this, Mm. but he made some comments uh, after Kevin Samuels passing. He is one of the shadiest pastors. And that may be- He is shady. That may be his- He is giving queen. Oh, goodness. It it gives. It gives. It's just like it's a man of God. Be careful it now. It gives it's, queen. It does. Oh, it's just goodness. like why are you so shady and catty? Because he's you know his ex wife Giselle Bryant is on Real Housewives of Potomac. For those of you that are Real Housewives fans, mm. then you know. And you know he's been a part of that show and he's done some things in that space that have just been very shady to me interesting yeah interesting and the clip that i've seen there's a lot of women in this congregation oh yeah so i understand that he also caters to them a lot 
Um, and so with his comments, he mentioned about, because one of Kevin Samuel's uh, most controversial comments or statements was, if you a single woman that's 35 and older, you're leftovers. That is terrible. And those, and this is where I'm like, these are some of the comments where I do not agree. Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. Especially if you have kids, you consider leftovers. Not, I know, not leftovers. I know. So the comment that Pastor Jamal Bryant made that really caught everybody's attention was when he talked about how Kevin Samuel always talks about being a high value man and gives off this image but and he always talk about women wanting a high value man but he needed a GoFundMe account to fund his funeral and and the, did he? and the family recently came out and said that that was that GoFundMe account was not them and that the person whoever the person was that was running it did offer them the money from the GoFundMe account and they turned it down or they the family rejected it. Why do people do that? That's weird. Okay, continue your story. No, so I mean, but that did that became a big obviously cuz he cited the pastor cited it. So obviously the idea of him needing to go fund me really went viral. Um and I really questioned if that was the case, but it makes sense cuz there was a lot there's a lot of guys out there who cape up for Kevin Samuels. And yes. I can see one of them like you know, help our king you know, oh my God. let's raise his money for our, you know. That's weird. I can see that. So I can see that that may not. And the family came out and said they had nothing to do with that account. And they turned it down. Uh, the reason why that was so controversial is because a lot of people was pointing out the hypocrisy in Pastor Jamal Bryant's comments. Because apparently he has a not so great past himself. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is my first time even hearing mm-hmm. about him. But apparently somebody across from me knows a little bit about his history. Yes. Well, you know, he was married to Giselle Bryant. Um, This is before he started pastoring New Birth in Atlanta, Georgia. And they were married for some years and got a divorce because of his infidelities. Allegedly had children while he was allegedly or is this or did this happen i'm saying allegedly to cover myself okay he allegedly had children (laughs) during their marriage and has allegedly fathered several other children with women that he has not been married to and this is during his ministry accurate that's accurate yes and so and so, yeah, so people found that funny that he would talk about valuing women and how he didn't yes, do this. Yes, because he's often caught up in scandals around him possibly having relationships with women in his congregation and doing different things and possibly fathering children. It's just, it's it's constantly. Now, granted, and that's why I'm saying allegedly, because obviously sometimes rumors get started. You know, things happen that are misinterpreted, but... We know that Jamal Bryant has a past and dropping his loads in women that he is not married to. It feels well documented, so you might not even need the allegedly in front of it. But I respect, I respect your 
Your I'm journalism. I'm not sure why he doesn't wear condoms, but you know, whatever. So wow. So, and that's and so that had me thinking about can the messenger spoil a message? Because what he was saying about what Jamal, what Pastor Jamal Bryant was saying, it wasn't that he was wrong, though the the shot about the GoFundMe wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. But because of his past, I'm wondering how does the message hit you when, like, does the message, can the messenger ruin a message for you? I think so. Cause I think sometimes it's hard to like unsee certain things because even in the clip, I don't think he was completely wrong in, you know, the message that he was trying to deliver. It did feel a little bit gimmicky gimmicky to me it felt you know kind of like when you're trying to get everybody on your bandwagon and you know it's like i got all these women up in here i gotta get them all riled up it definitely yeah girl you don't need him girl yes (laughs) you don't have to do that you don't need that man he need to step up to you Mm. yes that's what it was giving i you say he was giving queen but the way you acting it out right now he didn't do all of that But I get that's your interpretation. <laughs> that's what it felt like. And they like, yes, woo. The women in there it's went like, crazy. Don't tell me about the respect I should be having when you clearly don't respect women Oof. by your actions and your behavior. Oof. I see how you move. Mm. And it's very disrespectful. It's I very hear, disrespectful. I hear that. So, like, I can't get with the whole, like, we going to stand up here and talk about some stuff. That you ain't doing. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, show me what that looks like. Yeah. Show me what that looks like for a man to truly love and respect and take care of a woman. Show me that. Because you talk a good game, but are you doing it? That's a good question. And it got me. And so that actually had me thinking about a conversation that I had with a friend previously. Um, cause she talked about how she went to a church where her pastor had been caught up in a couple of infidelities while that married. Happens. That happens. Uh, yeah, that's not an uncommon thing. Um, uh, and she was telling me about that and, and I really asked, and now look, I didn't grow up in the church. Okay. So I didn't have mm-hmm. an experience a lot of church controversies and yeah. things like that yeah people who grew up in church have stories yes for days. i do <laughs> yes i do so i'm so Woo! yes i do so when i hear this this is like a <gasps> mm-hmm. he did what right because i never experienced that like my short-lived term with my church like i didn't we didn't experience a lot of stuff like that right and so i, I genuinely was asking like well why do you still go to that church like why would you and and our response was that pastors are still human so they make mistakes Mistakes. Mm -hmm. they do i understand and i understand that yeah but after the fifth time when do we stop saying it's a mistake (laughs) like this is a pattern sir and this wasn't a oopsie this is an intentional pattern that you are not breaking and so yeah so that got me thinking about our famous quote where is the, the line? line. <laughs> so this really got me thinking about like what are deal breakers when it comes to 
because let's be honest this i think that depends on the individual right like i know for me um leadership not just within church and my professional life and my personal life within our household leadership is a very big mm-hmm. deal to me i take that very seriously yeah, yeah. so for me it is hard for me to unsee certain things and still think that a certain person is a adequate leader. Don't question if you got a gift from God. Don't question whether you should or shouldn't be preaching. That's mm-hmm. not my role to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, God need to sit you down. He'll do that. That don't have nothing to do with me. And so, and I've had this experience where... I know certain things about someone. And so then sitting and listening to them and receiving anything for them is very hard. And I know that's part of me. Um, you know, I need to work on my own forgiveness and resentment and different things like that. So I'm not saying that this is like the right approach. But at, at a certain point, it becomes counterproductive because I'm sitting here looking at you thinking like, my God, you're trash. <laughs> like you are trash. Like there's some like you can't tell me nothing. Yeah, you can't tell me anything like go fix you so I agree yes you know people are in leadership and pastors and executives and all these people are human and they're going to make mistakes and they're mm-hmm. going to do these different things and <laughs> I can choose <laughs> what type of leader I want to follow exactly and look let's be honest not everybody's cut out to be a leader like being in leadership roles requires a higher level of expectation. So if you somebody, if your leadership requires a certain way to act or conduct yourself and that's not your strong suit. Right. Maybe, maybe right. that's, you know, that's, it's okay to be like, okay, well maybe this ain't, maybe, you. maybe I don't need to be leading in this capacity. Maybe right. something else, you know, leadership is not for everybody. And sometimes, some people don't need to be leading because it comes with certain temptations that they wouldn't have outside of other roles. Mm-hmm. Control, you know, power and control is a really big thing. Like some people yep. don't need a certain amount of power because they don't know how to handle it. Yep, yep. And you see people get carried away. I think that's what we saw with, you know, Pastor Mike Todd. If mm. you don't have people around you that can hold you accountable and tell you what you're doing wrong, that's a problem. That people follow you blindly and let you do that. And that's my issue with Jamal Bryant. Y'all sit here and follow this man blindly, knowing what he does. How do you how do you submit to that sort of leadership? I don't want to be in no church where the pastor is dogging out his wife. Or dogging out women that he's dating. Yeah. I how is that okay? Is it I don't is it is it church culture? Like I don't. No, we're not gonna blame that on church. I'm, not, I'm just asking. I'm not. Bl- I'm. I'm just asking the question because a big foundation of church culture is, look, I don't know what God's doing, or why He chose to do this, or why this message, but it creates this culture of not questioning the leadership, and you instead using faith. And so I wonder, that's why a lot of people in that type of leadership get a lot of passes for what they do. You Be- should question everyone. I understand that. I actually you agree should, with that. You should question everyone. 
But it's hard to question somebody if they say they got a message from God. Who are you to say that he didn't? I'm not saying that you, I don't need to make that call whether you did or didn't. Because I have a relationship with God. I am connected within my spirit. So if it's something for me to take in, I believe that God will send that message to me. And God will open my heart and convict me. If I'm being stubborn and not receiving something, I've been in positions like that where I didn't want to hear something from a certain person. And I feel like God was like, no, you got to open your heart and let that resentment mm-hmm. or whatever you got go. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to question whether God is giving you a word or not. I'm not questioning Jamal Bryant's anointing and whether he's supposed to be a pastor or not. I'm saying I cannot follow a leader like that. Understood. But I think it's different to say whether somebody should or shouldn't. I don't need to make that call whether you should or shouldn't be pastoring. Understood. You got to deal with that. Understood. When you say question, I'm like, okay, well. I'm saying I think there should always be some, like, I don't believe it's okay to follow someone blindly. I do not. That's I am yeah, with you on that's that. That's how we get into cults mm-hmm. and stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, one of the things I appreciate so much about our relationship is that if I am wrong, I always know you're going to tell me, no, babe, that was not okay. Facts. You got to have somebody around you that can check you and tell you when you wrong mm-hmm. or when you taking something too far. And when you don't have nobody around you like that, that's a dangerous place. It is. It is. Cause... So, yes, you got to have somebody around you that's going to question you. Why? Why do you want to do that? To help you check your own intentions. Preaching right now and get you on the pulpit. Absolutely not. Because <laughs> you preaching right now. I'm just saying, like, even with simple stuff, right? I can remember when I was talking about going back to school, you questioning me on that. And it wasn't to deter me from doing it or not talk me out of not it. It's all. just like, let me check to see where your head is at. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Are you doing it because you really have these goals or aspirations? Or are you just doing it? To Just feel to idle, busy. yeah, to feel idle time or something like th- that's part of a conversation. And if you're unwilling to have that conversation and have people challenge and check you, I think you're at risk into doing inappropriate things because you are misusing your power and influence. Absolutely. Ooh. Could drop the mic right there, but the doors of the church are now open. <laughs> All right, so so on, along those lines, I kind of wanted to end on some where is the line, our favorite thing to do here. So I was just going to go over just a few uh, examples, pastoral. Just want to go over some pastor behavior and determine if these are deal breakers or not. Uh, so where is the line? If your pastor drinks and smokes weed and or gambles, these are <laughs> now these are things um, that these are things that pastors preach heavy about. Are you talking about me personally? Well, I, I think it would be hard to speak for other people. Yeah, I don't want to speak for nobody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to say that particularly and I think 
smoking weed, the stigma of smoking weed is changing. Yeah, for sure. It's, co- it's continuing to change. For sure. But I know when I was in church, boy, if you smoke weed, boy, the pastor was on your head coming in my congregation and we can smell it on you. <laughs> we can smell it on you. <laughs> I mean, people got shamed for smoking oh, weed. That's terrible. But I think the stigma. At least there. they came. Mm-hmm. They came in there. Yeah. You doing all that? You gonna send them out? Why would they come in there anymore? If you, if if you, you gonna shame, shame them yep. as soon as they come in? Yep. Yep. And so, and drinking and gambling, those things like that. Like, would that be if you found out your pastor was doing those type of things? Would that turn you off to the? Would that make you? No. So. When I was growing up, like, I, you know, we had, like, different picnics and stuff like that. Some, you know, church-related, some not. But we spent a lot of time with our church family. And I can remember, like, hearing about my pastor, like, having a a cocktail or something at a picnic. That just wasn't, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, like, all out in the open. But I, can, I remember hearing about, like, oh, yeah, he had a drink or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a big thing. Like, yep, yep. I think that I had a very um, appropriate examples of, like, how to res- drink responsibly um, from my mother and other people that I observed. So that was never viewed as something, like, inappropriate. or Like, I didn't see people drunk like that growing up Mm -hmm. so drinking was never a huge thing for me yeah i know for a lot of people it is benign yeah for a lot of people they feel like that's completely inappropriate for a pastor to drink they feel like it alters their mind and things like that people are entitled to their opinions i mean they drunk wine and they literally drunk wine in the Bible, like I have drunk wine and read my Bible. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's I'm I mean, but it's, just it's like, but it's in the Bible, like so. It's not like drinking is forbidden per se. So yeah, just uh, don't get drunk. But more so about the gambling and smoking weed, because those are things that pastors do preach against. Um, I don't, especially gambling. They really preach against that. But that's an a like for some people that's an addiction. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they consider that kind of in the. I think it depends on like, are you doing these things responsibly? Like, did you go to Vegas with your wife and y'all got on the slot machines just to burn some time and have some fun? Yeah, I think. Or are you, are you doing all of these things and you have addictions to these, to alcohol and to gambling and smoking weed? Are you yeah. like, are you neglecting your responsibilities because of these things? Yeah. If that's the case, then yeah, that would be pretty difficult. But yeah, I think you just is. casually doing yeah, this stuff. We, I mean, come on, y'all, we gotta move on from stupid stuff. This I know, is dumb. I know, I know. Uh, addiction wise is a. Uh, I mean, that's a no brainer. Like, can't be addicted to any of those things. But on a casual, I me personally wouldn't be a big deal. It just, but that will affect how you how you sermon. Like. I don't want you telling me that gambling is bad, and then I catch you down at the Lucky Duck, hitting what? a couple, hitting a couple slides. I don't even know if they open anymore, <laughs> but like so, just I don't know. I, it's not. It's that's very benign. I it wouldn't be a deal. I breaker. get that. Yeah, it wouldn't be a you deal can't breaker. Be a hypocrite. But but I don't want but right. But the hypocrisy you just got to You just got to be consistent. Yeah. Uh, but what about what about a pastor that curses a lot during their sermons? Oh, I didn't think you was going to say during their sermons. I was, oh. about, I thought you was just going to say cursing a lot. And I was about to be like, where are they at? I want to visit. 
Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't want to hear that on a Sunday. Yeah, it feels a little much. cursing a lot. Like now, if you just cursing every day and we talking and you like we watching a game and you like shit, like okay, yeah, fine, that's yeah, that's, that's benign. I don't. You know, it's the same way. Like if I'm on a a work call, I don't want to hear somebody cursing during a work call. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just yeah. save that for certain spaces. So I don't care if you curse, really don't want to hear it while you're preaching. And even sometimes during some sermons, they, they may throw one word out there that'll catch your attention just because he's really making a point. They'll like, so they slide in a little bit of like uh. I remember the first time I heard a pastor say ass mm. and I could have passed out. Showing your ass <laughs> down at the club and then come in <laughs> first thing in the morning with your club dress and your church dress is the same outfit. <laughs> Showing your ass. Shut up. You are irritating. Oh, <laughs> uh, but nah. Uh, yeah, I think that's benign. Unless, again, unless you just cussing up a storm that's very uncomfortable and that'll yeah, that'll, that. that'll distract from the message but no. um but, but we, somebody that cusses yeah having dinner mm-hmm. and the pastor say shit mm-hmm. i'm gonna be like yes that's some bullshit yeah <laughs> let's cuss together yeah that's not a big deal all right and the main one and we talked about it a little bit the cheating could you dun, let me start dun, by dun. let me ask this if you found out that your pastor cheated on his wife one time and he confessed it in front of the congregation and apologized to his wife and was very sincere because i've this has happened and Ooh, i'm not this is making me itch and just i'm not gonna this is this it. has this I has happened fight just thinking about it frankie so bro <laughs> like because you said what of yo pastor bro I want to fight <laughs> no you can't do that to her absolutely not because you've also made friends with first lady so I, that would also be yeah that would also be uncomfortable but just but just in general though a one time mistake human apologizes contrition all of that is that forgivable? I yes, I think that's forgivable, especially if she is choosing to forgive. I think you gotta kind of like take inventory of everything that's going on. Right, first of all, that's not my marriage. Y'all do y'all. Understood. You know, am I going to have feelings about it? Yeah, I'm sure I will. Um, feelings of disappointment, feelings of frustration that this is happening to them. You know, all of that. But if she decides, oh, I'm forgiving him and I'm moving on, that's fine. Also, I cannot stand the, like, public apologies in front of the congregation. But if the whole congregation knows about it, it's hard to just go up there and pretend like. Okay. Yes, like, that like is it ha- true. It feels like but it has to I be know situations where everyone did not know. And everybody found out because of the public mm-hmm. apology. And it's just like, it's really cringy. It's really cringy. Like, to have to go through something like that, whether it's a public apology or not, 
to have to go through something like that publicly, that is humiliating. It is. It's already humiliating to find out that your partner was cheating on you and then to have to go through it in front of people. That's a good point. Because I'm That's not even, terrible. I haven't even looked at it from the the first lady's point of view, which is like now you're gonna announce, and I know it's an apology, but now it's like you about to make everybody aware of it. Like that is that is mortifying. Like I can, yeah, I can. And see then that. also, you know, John Gray has you know had his rumbles. Well, you know all these passes and none of these. His wife during one of the. I can't remember which time this was, but one of the times he had a scandal come out, she was just kind of like referring to this woman. I don't think she called her a demon, but basically oh saying like the enemy was tempting him mm. and like referring to this woman as like this, mm. this evil enemy like being that is mm. causing this. And that just really bothered me because one, I felt like it took accountability away accountability. from him. That's the word I was going to use. Accountability. Like, sir, you made this choice to do this. Like, don't act like the serpent came up. Like, stop it. You made a decision. Yeah, I just don't like the whole like we're gonna stand up in front of everybody and say. But it, I'm with you. But I, it, I get it, why it has, when when it's public. I get it. I get it. It's just very cringy. It is, and it's something. But it's something you. I feel like you. You gotta. Just, I guess I don't know how you do it. I ain't never, I, I can't give advice, but it has to be, I, it has to be acknowledged at the minimum. It has to be acknowledged. It ain't got to be maybe this whole like display of like apology and you bring in a hundred bouquet of dozen roses. And oh, stuff trash. To the like it don't have to be some trash. grand, you know, but. Also, just keep your business in your pants. I mean, that's, I mean, that would be the easy solution, Jeez, right? I don't understand. But, I mean, yeah, I think in terms of following leadership of someone that did something like that, that it would be difficult for me um, because I just have a really hard time unseeing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, I would be concerned that while you're up there preaching, my mind is wandering and thinking about why you're my least favorite person right now. (laughs) Yeah, I... And my follow-up question was going to be multiple affairs, but I think based on us, yeah. strugg- us struggling with one, I like I think multiple is as out the window. Yeah, that's, I that's can't. The now you just you just trifling. Right, but I think but I think there's a scenario where one could do it, could cheat once, and another pastor could cheat once, and I have two completely different reactions because I think context is probably going to matter. And how they address it, I think. I think there's a lot of stuff that go into it that would make me decide if I would stay or go or not. I have one for you now, and this is this has happened. Okay, I'm not gonna oh. drop no names, but it's happened. All the stuff we talk about has happened. Like okay. this, could you the the pastor cheated on the wife with her friend? Divorces the wife. Oh, come marries on. the friend. Come on. What you gonna do? Wait, this is, oh, this why, is why why are you hiding the identity of this if this is public knowledge? Like uh, why are you hiding the identity of this past? Uh, this is public knowledge, I'm apparently. I'm not gonna drop no names. That's a first. Oh. Uh, 
No, like I'm already struggling with just like a simple affair. Like, don't add in anything you add in is an automatic deal break because I'm struggling okay. with just the basis of just an affair, an affair of my leader, of my spiritual leader. Like, I'm already struggling with that. Do not add anything in because it'll automatically be a disqualification. Like, no, I can't. It's interesting because you have people on both sides of the spectrum who will really be like fighting for their point, right? Because there's some people that be like, no, that's your pastor. You got to ride for them. No matter what they do, no matter, you know, you can't, no, you can't leave. If you're not brainwashed, you don't, that's not your thought process. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, you know, if people choose to do that, you you know, you're welcome to, that would just be hard for me to sit there and listen. Yeah. And so it would would become counterproductive for me to even be there. Also a deal breaker. Because I need to hear everything about the affair for me to be like, and I need to see how he approached it and apologize for why? it. Why? Because this is what I'm saying. Because I'm saying there's a scenario where I may. But why do you need to know everything? No, no, no. I'm what I'm saying is, it has. There is a small scenario where I may forgive and continue to follow a pastor if he makes that one mistake, apologize or show contrition. All the, you know, all the works. I might be like, look, okay, he made a mistake. He's human. He can, God can use right. this somehow. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so, so that part is important to me in order for me to determine if I'm going, nine times out of 10, I probably won't just because I don't want that in my leadership, but I'm, I'm just not being closed minded. There may be a scenario where I'm like, okay, okay. I can, I can find it in my heart and God's probably going to use this somehow. But if it's with somebody in a congregation, I'm out. That's when you draw the line. I, that's not no. I draw the line with everything, but just that particular one, it can, Ooh, it can. I'm sorry. Like it just, I'm sorry. It cannot be Keisha next to me. Like it, it just, it can't be somebody in a congregation because now you don't feel safe. At least some of the women, like you can't feel safe because now. It's the whole, you know what? That's a whole nother topic for a podcast. Listen, about, because I am trying hard to like bite my tongue. That's a whole nother podcast. I'm about to about go down a whole rabbit hole. Power and leadership. Yeah, no, nah, we, we can't go there. So, and it's not just in the church. Like, I just want to be clear. Like, it's not just in the church. No, that that's correct. That is correct. But the church is uh, also an example. And yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So. We'll actually say that for another episode. Okay. All right. Uh, power and leadership. But. I'm going to write that down. But uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up because uh, this was very, this was, this was good. Uh, this was, this was a lot to chew on. It was a lot of meat on it this bowl. It was a lot. Jeez, we, we went. We can go. I, I was really holding back. I mean, this wasn't even about certain pastors and they didn't call strays and. They didn't call straight bullets. Michael Todd, like, I did that a, I did that a season ago. <laughs> How did I get drugged back into this? <laughs> we weren't doing a podcast at that time, but that was a mess. My God. Well, this Lord has been good. All right, y'all. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Check us out on Facebook at We'll Be Right Black, on Instagram at WBR Black, and also at, on Twitter at WBR Black. We'll be right black. Holla.